Hi, I'm Wendy Francis, nutrition therapist, emotional eating expert, and entrepreneur. I've helped countless people overcome their obsession with food and weight. Isn't it time you overcame what you had become and ignite who you were meant to be? Your time to become an overcomer starts now. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another edition of Overcoming Your Emotional Eating. And thanks so much for joining me. As always, I appreciate your kindness, your support. I've been getting some some emails and feedback lately, and I just really so appreciate you all for taking the time out for yourself to really seek and learn and grow because that is a construct that I absolutely believe in. And I know it's what brings us to different levels in our life. So thank you for taking the time out for yourself. In today's podcast, I'm talking about the difference between success and sabotage. And the truth is, you know, we can all understand what that means, right? Just by the word connotation. The interesting thing though is that sabotage is very different than what people deem it to be. And the underpinnings and the dwellings underneath what sabotage is and what it does is radically different than what you think. That's why I did this podcast and I'll probably do a follow-up podcast to it on self-sabotage and where the hidden meaning lies. But for now, you can take a listen to what the difference is and how do you set yourself up for success without the sabotage. And please take a look at www.wendyfrancis.com. We are rolling on some new things and they are in the works. And I am so excited for what the end of this year and what the new year is going to bring. It's going to be pivotal. And I'm so excited. So keep checking out www.wendyfrancis.com. It's got a number of resources, but it's going to have a lot more in just a few weeks. Thanks as always for listening. Have a beautiful one. Excellent. Okay. So here tonight to really talk about something that I feel like everybody talks about all the time, but it depends on the way that you look at things, right? The way that you look at things can really either set you up one way or the other. And the reality is in today's day and age, it's so much harder, I would say, to set yourself up in certain directions. It's much easier, as you'll hear as we kind of talk through today, it's much easier at times to not set yourself up. And there's reasons why that exists psychologically. I'm going to do a little bit of the psychology tonight, but I'm also going to do some behavioral steps and then talk about it on a broad-based perspective because what's always interesting to me is how we function around our food is really how we function in our life, whether it's the polar opposite as a counterbalance or it's a direct parallel congruent relationship, it it does always exist. So as you think through things that I speak tonight, take a kind of your own personal inventory of, of how do you function around this in life? And then how does this work in your food, your weight, your body image? When we talk about 
success or sabotage. And a lot of times people don't talk about these things together, but the truth is the more I understand these things, the more I get how intricately interlinked they are. I go through the next few minutes, you'll see why I'm actually saying this. There is a difference between success and failure that everyone will acknowledge. They'll say, of course, either you succeed or you don't succeed, which would then connotate failure. But what's the difference between success and sabotage? And there is a radical difference, and there is a coupling or an interlinking. Most people know what success looks like. And most people in the past have understood that for themselves in one dimension or another. I don't think I've met anybody who has not succeeded at something at some point in their life. Some people have to go back farther. Some people have to dig deeper. Some people block success. But I haven't found anybody that can't find it in some level. I also understand and work with many people who really understand a lot about sabotage and can really relate to that and understand how, when, where, and why that pops up for them. Maybe not as intricately as I've just stated, but they definitively understand that there's a level of sabotage for them. Now, in the past, I've talked about this, and I'll continue to talk about this in the future, but for tonight's purpose, we're going to keep it as that. There are underpinnings to sabotage that I don't always agree with, but what we're going to talk about tonight is the inability for somebody to hold the feeling of success. That's what we're going to call sabotage tonight because self-sabotage is an overused term and there really are some psychological reasons why people can't hold success. True defamation in sabotage is a different story and that is left to another podcast but i want to kind of define tonight between understanding being able to hold a level of success so have you lost the weight that you set out to lose have you been able to change food patterns have you been able to change your relationship with food are you successful in those parameters have you been able to change your behavior modification necessary for your success so that's the parameter and or are you unable to hold the feeling of success in specific arenas and tonight i'm going to call that sabotage so understanding how success feels is imperative so as i mentioned some people really can define at some point or another where they succeeded even if it was I won a drawing contest when I was in kindergarten. I hope that you've had many more successes besides that, but most people can find a place or a space where they have succeeded. However, not everybody imprints the feeling they get from success. And that feeling that we get from success, we become successful in or had success with whether it is in weight loss, whether it is in eating different, whether it is in reducing our emotional eating, whether it is in changing how we feel in our body, whether it is in our finances, whether it is in our house, our relationships, right? In whatever way that you have become successful, understanding how that success feels 
versus it being a check mark is imperative for our continued success. The reason why I'm starting with that, and you're going to kind of hear me go backwards, but that's the most valid point of all of tonight's topic. And then you can hang up. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> There's a lot more to go through. But I say it's the most valid because the truth is we're not really taught to imprint the feeling of success when we get it. You do see some families or some spouses or kids or teachers really imprint the feeling of success for another individual. It's rare that we teach that. It's rare that we teach somebody that is successful in something. Let's say you did win, win a kindergarten art contest. The teacher gets excited. Everybody's excited for about two seconds. You might get a piece of candy, and then it's kind of done. But the imprinting really comes in the celebration. It really comes in asking the child how you feel that that was successful. That's amazing. And really relishing in that feeling. We don't do that enough. I think that is part of our problems. Ralph Waldo Emerson said, don't be pushed by your problems. Be led by your dreams. We're not taught to sit in the feeling of our dreams enough to let them lead us. And I think that becomes a big issue when it comes to success, realistically. So how does success actually feel for you? That's kind of where I want everyone to start tonight. How does it feel for you? Not a number on the scale, not a dress size, but what does that success really feel like inside your heart and your soul? And not just being about, oh, I'm going to get to this weight and then I'm going to da 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 Like, that's not success. That's a check mark. It's really hard. Nobody wants to attain another check mark. How many check marks do you attain a day? Going to the grocery store, getting the garlic, getting the chicken, getting the salt, getting the whatever you need, right? Then running another errand to the laundromat, the dry cleaner, all check marks, right? And so we lose the anchor or the buoy to that. So I want you to all really first start with that. And then remember, there really are certain things that you can do from a strategy perspective, so to speak, that you can help to put these in place to make sure you are successful. For example, if you have a list of core concentrations in front of you every day, here are the top three things I'm going to focus on today. Most people don't do that. When I look at somebody's list of what they have to get done, it's long. And that's not what I'm talking about. That's a task. It's a check mark. Core concentrations or the intentions behind what you're going to do that day. The business owners realistically should be doing that every day, having a list of core concentration of what has to be done that day. And it, and it might look like something of expanding training regimen in order for employees to be successfully happy. That might be a core concentration for the day, right? For you, a core concentration might be self-care. And so everything comes back to self-care that day. Or it could be setting boundaries. Or it could be, gosh, finding joy. It could be finances, right? If you have a day that you're really caught up in finances, it could be financial health. So everything comes back to that for the core concentration of that day. You have top three core concentrations for the day. 
Second, remember to work in blocks and take regular breaks. I don't think that we do this a lot either. And when it comes to food, eating, weight change, changing our emotionality, you know, we kind of dive in and try and do it all at once. Maybe we try and dive in and do four hours of meal prep. We're just having this conversation. I am not an excellent meal prepper. I'm going to be honest with you. I have three kids. I run pretty harried. And it's really difficult for me to set aside a large block of time like that. However, if I really have to get some things pre-prepped, I'm more likely to do it in half-hour increments. That just works better for me. So know what your secret to success is, and then remember to block those things off realistically. Third, always, 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 and I think we undermine this a lot. We don't talk about it enough, I should say, not undermine it. We don't talk about it enough. Make sure you have strategies in place to stop online behavior patterns. Now, why am I saying that? Because being online, computer, phone, Insta, Facebook, LinkedIn, TikTok, whatever you do, being online has become the newest addiction. And I'm going to say it, and I mean it. It has become an addiction that is not labeled an addiction yet, um, although I believe they're coming out with a DSM criteria for it. It is uh, imperative to understand how it impacts our brain and our body. And we're seeing it not just for adolescents, but for adults as well. Here's why it's important for you to understand. That impacts how you eat. It impacts how you feel, so it impacts how you eat. It also elicits trigger orientation in the mind, right? If you're watching someone cook all day, well, I guarantee you, you're going to crave more. I guarantee you, you're going to be hungrier. So if you like to watch those cooking shows or, or you like to watch things that get, uh, like get you emotionally charged on some level or another, and those emotions lead into eating, please, please, please limit your time with those things if you're trying to make change in your life or your food. Put boundaries around this. I'm going to get on for 20 minutes. That's all I'm going to watch. And then I'm going to take a walk around the block to clear my head. And then I'm going to get back to work. So we're not teaching people skill sets around online behavior patterns because I don't think we're recognizing enough. But I'm telling you, we're seeing it in food, weight, and weight behavior pattern changes and shifts, both from one-year-olds to 91-year-olds. So please, please, in order to keep your success journey going, that is a strategy you need to implement today. Now, here's the thing. If you're not in a success pattern, if you're not in the feeling of success accompanied with strategy, then it is so much easier to move into sabotage or into a non-success pattern. Self-sabotage occurs actually when your logical conscious mind is at odds with your subconscious mind. So those two things can be at war. So your logical mind will say things like, you need to eat broccoli, and your subconscious mind is going, but I'm so stressed out, I need chocolate. And the latter, the, the subconscious mind, will actually hold you back. And that's what can kind of undermine success. So if you're not in a success pattern and you're not using strategies, to help keep you in success, it's very easy for those kind of undercurrents to get to you, right? 
Sabotage can involve behaviors or thoughts to keep you away from what you really want. Now, it might keep you away by saying, you can't do this, you'll never succeed, or you're never going to be that person that's that thing. You're never going to look like that again. There's all the things that it can say to get you to do a different behavior, right? So the reality is you have to recognize and understand self-sabotage. It's really important because if you're not in a success pattern, you can move into a sabotage pattern. So self-sabotage can get in the way of whatever we're trying to do, but like whether we're trying to be productive on a certain level. I want to clean my house, but then my brain starts talking about whatever I'm watching on TV. Now that's a really surface level, but recognizing then, you know, is that a sabotage pattern? How would it feel to actually have my house clean? I know I'm taking this a little bit far, but I want you to hear that, right? Recognizing that for yourself, understanding your patterns with sabotage and how it comes up. And then recognizing your self-sabotaging habits, because there are those habits, and we talked about these a few weeks ago. One is procrastination. Procrastination is a huge sabotage. Saboteur, I'd say, if we want to talk about it that way. Procrastination can undermine anybody's success because you keep putting things off and then you can't get it all done. And then your trust in yourself erodes or trust in other people or both and your self-esteem is compromised. And then it starts all over again. Negative self-talk or negative thinking is another habit with the saboteur part of us and perfectionism. So recognizing if you're doing any of those three things, those are patterns of sabotage. And you need to shift them accordingly, get to the root of them, understand where they came from, right? So this would be the next step. Then you're going to understand, identify where they came from, identify the root cause, right, of why you're in that pattern. Is it an unhealthy way of coping with stress for you? Is it an unhealthy way of coping with another emotion, whatever that might be, stress, anger, fear, people definitely can move into sabotage patterns when they're in fear. And when you're in fear, it's really hard to feel your success, right? Realistically, I know this to be true. These patterns or habits can be deep-rooted in our feelings of self-worth. So if you don't feel worthy, it is really hard Hold the feeling of success. I'm going to say that again because it's really important. Because I think that's more of people's problems than we realize, to be honest with you. So often we go, oh, they're just non-compliant. Oh, they just can't do it. Oh, they just can't get to the grocery store. Or, oh, they just don't want to do it. The truth is, I believe innately that as human beings, we want to be the best that we can be. Just all of these layers of humanness, so to speak, get in, around, and underneath what we're doing. And if we don't stay on top of our game, it's easy for them to run us instead of us running it. So if you don't feel worthy, it is really hard to hold that feeling of success. You have to be able to hold the feeling of success to be able to move yourself forward and continue to hold that feeling of success in that right if you feel worthy and you feel deserving and you feel like 
you're a good person that deserves good things, then you can find your inner positive voice. Then you can change your pattern of behavior because you feel worthy of it. Then you can make those small, meaningful changes. Then you can set goals, make plans, and launch, so to speak, into a new arena, a new level, right? And quote, unquote, be successful. Setting yourself up for success is one of the keys to configure your way out of sabotage. This is how they're definitively interlinked. Feeling your way into success enables you to step your way around sabotage. It's imperative to know how to feel success, to feel your way into that, and to know that you're worthy of it in order to step around, under, through, or undermine sabotage. Thanks for listening. If you like this podcast, share it with a friend. Rate, review, and subscribe. You never know who you'll help become the next overcomer.